Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course, I've got... The Venerable Tom present. Dorian, <laughs> present as always, and uh, Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are we're going to launch into another show here. Yeah, uh, we do that from time to time. <laughs> and I and I uh, first of all, I do want to tell people how much I appreciate. We get emails every once in a while from folks yeah. uh, that that like the show. We're going to do a show on one. We haven't done one. In a we while. haven't, and maybe we should do that. So if you have something you want to say to us in a nice way. Uh, send us an email, <laughs> Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And, uh, if it's and mean, or, you can send it to Sam. Yeah, yeah, really let me have it, okay? You know, <laughs> exactly. We, we've, been, we've, been, we've been doing this for over 15 years, and uh, that's a long time. It is. Uh, in, in, I mean, we were podcasting before there was podcasting. We were doing it before it was cool, man. Yeah, and uh, so we really have uh, enjoyed this ride. It's been a lot of fun. And, and in all honesty, uh, I've gotten lots and lots and lots of emails from uh, from listeners. And we I do I truly appreciate them. And there's only been, I can count on one hand, hmm. my left hand, because that's like where the goats are. Like the sheep are on the right and the goats <laughs> are on the left. My only, on my left hand, I've, I've only gotten like a few unhappy two. email maybe two it's actually been closer to four i didn't tell you about two of them because they were about you oh wow <laughs> actually it was that really hurt. about ziggy no hurt. no i'm the thumb <laughs> <laughs> no i i we we enjoy i enjoy all uh all the emails even the even the ones that are challenging us a little bit and saying they don't like something or whatever they're, they're, those are very rare but you know what people have feelings and uh opinions and Great and God love them. I'm so glad that Amen. we uh, God gave us the freedom to uh, to have uh, a great country where we can write uh, nasty emails if we want. But I have gotten a we'll just say a plethora of mm. emails in support of what we do. That's uh, more than a plethora. <laughs> A, pl- a, a plethora, plethora. A plethora. <laughs> yeah, plethora is plural of plethora. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. Plethora would be singular. Right, anyway, so now we're going to get an angry letter from a grammar person. <laughs> no, uh, worse than that, a Latin grammar person. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, some some say every contest is going to write me now and get really upset. That's going to be awful. We have just gone astray. Sorry uh, about yes, that, everybody. Yes. So, so here we are. I, I, you know. I don't know what other people think about when they're at mass, but I I will sit there and sometimes my brain will wander. And I th- I'll be honest with you, you know, even serving as a deacon, assisting the priest at mass, I, I sometimes I mean I'm human and my mind will wander to the screaming kid on the second row or whatever. And it's like this and like. That person chews gum every Sunday morning. You know, there's just things that I sit there. Well, let's face it. The Meow Mix theme song is catchy. Yes. But I will say that uh, I think the Lord uses those times for me and has uh, opportunities for me to wake up. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the readings are something that a lot of people, we've heard so many times that we kind of tune them out. And I was sitting uh, and listening to the readings uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I just, all of a sudden, I had this, like, image in my head of, like, I never really picked up on this before. Mm. And, then it, uh, and then it made me stop and think about, like, what, 
what the, the the church's wisdom or or ultimately God's wisdom in choosing the readings uh, and allowing the church to choose the readings and present them to us to proclaim them to us and whatever message might be there and something we've heard a, a thousand times and yet all of a sudden I realized something but I want to read those readings to you and uh, and just talk about that a little bit uh, the first reading is um, is from uh, the the first book of Samuel uh, so we're talking Old Testament here. I, my name is Samuel. Yes, I know. This is this is about Sam Rodriguez. It's about <laughs> Ziggy Rodriguez, the first book of Ziggy. No, this is about Samuel, the one of the the great men of Israel, yes. right? One of the great leaders of Israel, and and certainly one of the great prophets. But this is about his calling, right? And we've all heard this because we've we've heard the "Here I Am, Lord" mm-hmm. song, you know, from the sixties. Oh, yeah. We've all heard that, uh, but but it's a banger. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's no mosh pit at the Catholic Cafe, by the way. And and, and uh, so I want to read that to you, and and then uh, uh, and let's just we'll just go through it. Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered. Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. I did not call you, Eli said. Go back to sleep. So we went back to sleep. Again the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said. You called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Go back to sleep. At that time, Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So he said to Samuel, Go to sleep. And if you are called, reply, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. So I love that reading. I kind of heard that, and I heard something in that reading that I hadn't heard before. Mm. But before we talk about it, I do want to. I want to go on to the to the gospel reading, which, as most of you know, in in um, in church parlance, there's a connection uh, between the Old Testament reading. Uh, almost, it's like a foreshadowing. Um, and the Old Testament's revealed in the New Testament, and and the the gospel readings always connected to that first uh, Old Testament reading, and the gospel is um, it's the calling of of Saint Peter, uh, and it's from the the, the uh, John's version, uh, the uh, Gospel of John in uh, first chapter. John was standing with two of his disciples. Of course, this is John the Baptist we're talking about right here. This John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Kepha, or Cephas, which is translated Peter. I said Kepha because Jesus would have said Kepha. That's yeah. Aramaic, which means rock. And we all know the story of St. Peter being the rock, right? And we all know that um, 
we all know that uh, Peter is going to be our first pope. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go back to uh, we're going to go back to Samuel, the first book of Samuel. And there's something in there that I'd never really paid attention to and realized. And and it's the first line of Samuel, where it says essentially uh, Samuel was asleep, and he was sleeping in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Mm. Now, I, I this I don't know that just I missed it. And maybe while I was daydreaming, uh, doing the Meow Mix song or whatever <laughs> uh, at Mass, that part stuck out to me. And I thought about that for a second and realized something profound, uh, that Samuel was like sleeping in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And his calling took place in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So imagine if you, uh, you went to church. Right, and you know, you came in late at night. I don't know how late your church is going to be open and available to you, but it used to be open all the time. And you go in, you see the little candles burning. It's quiet and dark. You know, you might have felt like you could take a nap, you know, or you could go to sleep. But imagine if you're sleeping in the church. Yeah. All right, and and I, I just pictured myself when I when I heard that part at mass. I pictured myself kind of curled up in front of the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and 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 then. I could imagine hearing the voice, voice of the Lord, hearing the calling of God, a vocational call, hearing a call from God in that situation. And then I also pictured myself not in the temple, like not in the church, not uh, curled up in front of the tabernacle. Yeah. I pictured myself, you know, at a at a neighborhood bar or <laughs> watching television, right? And thinking, in which place am I more likely to hear the voice of God? Mm-hmm. Right, and if you stop and think about that for a second, it's it's pretty profound. The little details you get in Scripture, but Samuel received his calling while he was sleeping, like near the Ark of the Covenant, and we and we know from history the Ark of the Covenant, the the presence of the Lord was upon the Ark, and and when when David took the Ark and when Moses took the Ark, uh, uh, wherever it would go, there would be this uh, like in, in in the Exodus, there was this pillar of cloud. You know that would be the uh, pillar of fire and this and this cloud that would be over over the ark wherever it went. I can't imagine what that sight would be like, but it was said the presence of the Lord was there, right with the ark, mm-hmm. not in the ark, but but upon the ark. And I'm thinking, I think that like if Moses said I need to talk to God, he would do it near the ark, right? He would Absolutely. do it there. In the same way with Samuel. Now, Samuel hadn't heard the voice of the, the Lord yet at that point. He was just little, right? He was young and didn't, hadn't, hadn't heard the voice of the Lord yet. But the Lord, like, called him, and for whatever reason, he was there with Eli, and, and, and I'm sure biblical scholars know better than me than why, why he, Samuel was in that situation, whether his parents said, hey, go uh, and be with Eli, and, you know, we're dedicating this child to the Lord, and all. I, you know, I don't know all the details, but all I do know is somehow, some way, Samuel was at, in the presence of the ark and sleeping there. And also, I, because I have this devotion to St. Joseph and know all the great stuff that happened, every time that God talked to Joseph, it was in a dream, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I love to take naps. So I just put all that stuff together, and I started thinking that, like, I, if I want to hear the voice of the Lord, I, I'm going to hear it more clearly and more readily when I'm in the presence of God, mm. right? So in adoration, um, even in, like, confession, but when I'm receiving him, uh, our Lord, in the Eucharist, when, when I make myself available to God, um, then God's going to speak to me. 
And then I, I, I know I'm going on and on here, but I want to tie it now to the gospel reading because the church ties these readings together. So the calling of St. Peter. And notice in this situation, I don't know what Peter was doing. It was about four in the afternoon. I don't know if there was an early football game on, you know, and, and, and Peter was home watching football. But Andrew is the one that came and said, we have found the Messiah. Peter wasn't out looking for the Messiah, but he had a relationship with his brother Andrew. And even more so, Andrew was kind of hanging around and uh, Jesus and saw John the Baptist and kind of like John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then I'm sure, you know, Andrew's like looking at John the Baptist and then looking at Jesus and looking at John the Baptist. And it's like, Lord, where are you staying? You know, come and see. Andrew is the one that initiates that. But he's in the presence of the Lord when he does that. Mm -hmm. And then once he is... He's witnessed and realized something really special about Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, I don't know what that afternoon was like or what that day he spent with Jesus was like. Pretty revelatory, though, for him to come back and say, we found the Messiah. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we're good Jews. We've been looking for the Messiah. You know, we're essentially a enslaved uh, peoples, and, but we found the Messiah. It's a big deal. And he found that out that afternoon that Andrew spent with him. Then he comes home, and what happens? He relates that to Peter, his brother. And then the rest is history. Peter's the first pope. It's a big deal, right? And we give Peter all this credit, but I don't know how much we realize this was because Andrew was, Peter was in the presence of Andrew. He had the the foresight to to have a familial relationship, to to be a good brother, to to be raised up in a family, and and how important then, so the calling of Samuel and also the calling of people involves proximity to the Lord, availability to the Lord, openness to the Lord, and it also involves having relationships with human beings, and the Lord will speak sometimes through those human beings and call each of us. And so I imagine the two of you guys who are sitting there staring at me like, going, what's he talking about? No, you aren't doing that. <laughs> I would imagine that both of you, both of you will, will be sitting there thinking in your mind like, you know, I, I realize that. And, and maybe you've already known this and I'm just behind uh, uh, in my game. And that'd be true. But I, it made me start thinking about all the things that happened in my life when I felt called, how I felt called. I realized uh, it replayed in my mind that time that uh, that I was actually I, 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 I was called to the diaconate by hearing the voice of the Lord, but it was in adoration on a holy Thursday, uh, sitting there with my son Jeffrey, and uh, we were doing the the, the you know the three hours uh, to stay uh, stay awake with me three hours right in the at the altar of repose on Holy Thursday that night, and I was in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me, and from that directly came my calling to the diaconate. Right? I can. It's. I just. I remember that, and I'm thinking like, it's like Samuel. It's like Peter. Your reaction. I remember when that happened. By the way, your reaction was very similar to Andrew's. You came back, and you were just. You were lit up. Yeah. It's like. And I. I knew. Right. And yeah. And when you know, and when you you hear that call, and so I guess the the whole point I even bring all this up, and the whole the reason why I think it's important. Um, first of all, I always marvel at how the Lord speaks through the scriptures to us, mm-hmm. how the church in her wisdom selects these scriptures for us to be read at mass or any time that we pick up the Bible and read. But the detail that's there, you know, even John saying it was four in the afternoon. Right. That, that's, that's, it was important to John to mention that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it mattered that it was at four in the afternoon, but to me, I look at that and go like, it's late afternoon. Peter's at home doing the stuff. Late. He maybe even looked at his 
you know, they don't have a wristwatches, but they had something to look at. The sun. <laughs> the little and, sundials yeah, on the their sundial wrist. Yeah, the sundial on their wrist. <laughs> and, and, and go like, Man, where is Andrew? He's been gone all day, and I we got to mend the nets for tomorrow's catch. We got to, all these things we got to do. I don't know what he was doing, but four in the afternoon means that Andrew had spent the better part of a day with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in that little short better part of a day, uh, he learned a lot about Jesus enough to come back because he loved Peter so much to go like, dude, we have found the Messiah. This is so awesome. Right? Well, so a few things come to mind. And first of all, this is making a lot more sense because I thought you said we were going to talk about vacations today. Yeah. Not yeah. vocations. <laughs> so like I was ready to show the people in Radio Land pictures from the, my last beach trip. But, yeah. You know. I'm glad you didn't. Hey, but, <laughs> but, but really, vocations can be like a vacation. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a vacation with the Lord. And, and, and Well, a few things come to mind. Like, And, and it's funny. I, this is just so random, and, I, and I, this is not me attempting any sort of exegesis here, okay? But you mentioned the 4, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. 3 p.m. in the afternoon is the Passion Hour. Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of interesting, the thought of if the Passion Hour, we're supposed to give 3 p.m. to our Lord meditating upon his mercy, the fruit of that, perhaps, is supposed to be also we're receiving his mercy, and then what is our response? We're going to go out following Peter that's right. at 4 p.m., right? And that's, that's a good time for a voc- vocational call to come. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we are we are essentially uh, energized, we are filled, and we're, we're put on mission. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because of the mercy hour. And... and the other, the other two things that come to mind are this. One, the first thing that came to mind when I was listening to you was Martha and Mary. And I'm not trying to give Martha a bad time, you know, but... She gets a bad time, but she's, <laughs> she's pretty stalwart. Yeah, yeah, she is, she is. But, you know, at the end of the day, our Lord says that Mary chose the better uh, of part, you know, by sitting at his feet. And a lot of times... But first he goes... Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. You were busy. Martha. You were busy about many things. Yes, he didn't Martha, do the. He Martha. didn't do the. the, the well, yes, but so, but so so Mary was sitting at his feet, and a lot of times we, I think, are a little bit afraid to sit at the Lord's feet and just to receive Him. A lot of times. I'm not saying that this is about Martha, but a lot of times we can be Martha because we can busy ourselves. Yeah. And, and and get caught up in the things that we think we should be doing with, with that, rather than stopping to embrace who we are in our being, which is all, you know, begins and ends with him, yeah. right? Um, and, so and, that, and just tying to what we were just talking about, yeah. literally, with Samuel, yes. uh, is, is, you know, Mary, Mary had the, uh, the, the, the foresight or the... The wisdom or the whatever, the response, the proper response was just to be in the presence of the Lord. Yes. Good things are going to come here, not from the kitchen sink. Right. Right. And and the other thing that comes to mind, this is the big thing, I would say. And and this was based on when you were talking about um, just radical availability to the Lord. Yeah. So I've had a walk with the Lord now for, for, you know, since 2011. That's when I when I had my big reversion experience. We're now entering into 2014, right? So yeah, after the holiday season, I need a, I need a jog with the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at here is during the course of that time, at, at different times, I've shared here in Catholic Cafe, I've prayed, is God calling me to the priesthood or to religious life? And, you know... I've always get led back to the path of marriage is what he's calling me to. But um, one thing I say to people when, when they talk to me about they're starting to uh, 
pray about what God's will for their life might be, I always say, listen, uh, I would really encourage you to pray about starting with the most radical possibility, you know, making a most radical possible gift of yourself, making yourself available to to that, um, turning to the Lord, offering yourself for for celibacy, whether it's a priesthood or or some other vocation. Um, and, And the reason for that is not yeah, it's not like, oh, because we have this vocation crisis and we really need everybody to, uh, as many people as possible to, to be celibate. We also need married people, right? Yeah. If you're called to marriage, then you need to be married. And if you're the called world, to be celibate... The world kind of needs married people. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But the reason for that, the reason for that is um, we fir- it's first you make yourself radically available. You surrender everything to him. It, you know, Making yourself available to a celibate vocation makes yourself, it really causes you, especially if you're praying about the evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, obedience. You're talking about giving up you know, not just the, the joys and pleasures of married life, but also you know, attachment to earthly things and also what you can do with your own will. Right, because you're subject to obedience within the context of church hierarchy. It's a complete death to self that you're making yourself available for. And 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 even if you don't end up getting called into that radical life of death to self, we all are called to death to self. And this can be a beautiful way for each of us to experience if you're if you're not already married and you're just kind of praying about what to do next with my life. And if you are already married, Start by praying, you know, under spiritual direction, making yourself as radically available as possible, and then let the Lord temper you. Let the Lord bring you back down, right? Because it, it, it gives the Lord everything to work with. And then at that point, he can shape and guide you from there. But if we start by saying, well, like, I'm only going to give God this little bit, right? Then, then we're kind of, he's not going to step in and force us to, to broaden our willingness to make ourselves available because he works through freedom, right? So, like, the more freely we can make ourselves completely available, we're giving more for him to work with to completely transform him. And so that's really what comes to mind. Now, that comes to mind to you. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that other people don't have that same thought. And sure. I, 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 I respect that, um, Sam. I, but what, what, I'm going to say but. But in addition to that, I, I want to add that you know, you use the word radical and extreme several times, yeah, and yeah. it's like I don't want to scare people into thinking like let's be um, extremists, guys. Yeah, Come exactly. Let's, let's, let's be. You know, <laughs> I, I really, I really want to focus on the folks who might be listening who are actually thinking like, well, God's kind of been silent in my life. Yeah, yeah. And sure. really, the challenge that I would put there, put out for people to to hear is like, see, even what you said, even you're like you've. You're like the radical availability, just, you know, radical, just allowing myself to be utilized however. That message to be open to that came because you have, like, you pray. Yeah. And you you go to adoration frequently. Yeah. And you're very in touch with Jesus through the sacraments. Well, and there's a trust in the goodness of the Lord. But I'm, I'm I think a is, lot of but it's yeah. a, it starts with the simplicity sure. of just being there. Yes. Being in the room. And that's where like when people say like I, you know the God's been silent in my life. Yeah. And there's a part of me that again, I don't want to I'm not I'm never going to judge anybody because I've been through all kinds of stuff in my life uh you know as much as everybody else. And the reality is what I will I I I do want to say is I want to ask a rhetorical question. Do you do you have yourself in a 
a context or a place uh, or a state of mind where you're allowing the God to speak allowing God to speak to you. Yeah. Because a lot of times we don't, it's like, well, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just waiting for God to talk to me. It's like, but where are you waiting? You're waiting in front of the television or you're waiting at the movies or you're waiting with all your friends, uh, you know, uh, out having dinner and and, and entertaining. And and, and those aren't bad things. Those are part of a a fruitful, joy-filled life. But the reality is there has to be some time that you set aside, that that you decide, you know what, I'm going to give the opportunity to the Lord to speak to me. Yeah. And so I'm going to take away all of the distractions. Now, Samuel did it curled up next to the Ark of the Covenant, right, which would have been kind of cool. But, uh, but uh, you know, and then certainly in the family of Andrew and Peter, their relationship together, obviously Peter listened to Andrew. And I'm sure Andrew respected Peter in a profound way. So when Andrew said... We have found the Messiah. Peter listened, and I'm amazed. Like, because in the uh, the other versions of the calling of the apostles, specifically Peter, you know, it says that Andrew and Peter were were uh, mending their nets or, or were fishing, right? And come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Which is a kind of a different version. This one has a little more detail, perhaps. Uh, I'm sure they both both those things happen, but the reality is, what they were together, right? And they had themselves in. Uh, proximity of each other because they loved each other and trusted each other. Samuel had Eli, right? And and luckily Eli had the wisdom to go like, I know what's going on. Yeah, Samuel's being called by the Lord. He doesn't understand that, so let me give him my fatherly wisdom. You know, my my time honored truth, and say, go back to sleep. And if you hear that voice again, say it like this, right? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Right? And and. And so Samuel does that. And again, the rest is history. And and that's the stuff I think that I wonder if we do enough. Do you um, do you go back to bed uh, in prayer? Do you drop by the church every once in a while on a busy day, on your way home or on your way to work or out at lunch, just pull into a Catholic church and just sit in uh, the first pew, you know, when mass isn't going on, whatever, in front of the tabernacle? Do we make ourselves available in that way? And what I what I think is, I think that if we do, I think the Lord will speak to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an opportunity that we will have. Uh, but and if we say we don't, it's probably because we're not doing that other thing, right? That resting in the Lord, being present to the Lord, allowing the Lord, and being with family and friends that are going to help lead us to that vocational call. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.